Welcome to Nest Church, and thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this word blesses you today. For more information, visit nestchurch.com. We hope to see you soon. And remember, you are loved. I want to continue and, and speak on this. We just want to get into this. Maybe you're, you're, you're a guest here today for the first time. We want to thank you for being here and uh, just be part of us. And um, as you're here with us, I, I want you to know also uh, kind of where we're at and what we're doing. We've been, uh, since the beginning of the year, we've been able to speak on this theme called opportunity. And, and really January, we, we kind of were hammering it and what opportunity 2021 looks like. We've been discussing in our church that we believe that in these days, however they look, however they are, however they've affected you, your family, friends, work, business, whatever it is, that the Lord, if you're in him, is still going to give us great opportunity. I was blessed by listening to, to something that, that T was sharing with me um, about an opportunity that God gave him um, in his workplace. And I think that those are very important things where God is going to give us opportunities during this year to really be a pillar, to be a light, to be a voice um, in the certain spaces that we occupy. Be attentive to that. And I pray that as we gather every time that we're stirring that so that <clears throat> you could be reminded that there's going to be opportunities throughout this whole year for you to truly serve the kingdom of God. Amen? And that's what we're doing here. And this month specifically, we have took it upon ourselves to say, you know what, we're going to dedicate this whole month. And this might sound crazy to you, but we're going to dedicate this whole month to fasting and to praying. That doesn't mean that you're not eating anything throughout the whole month. Some people are taking it to that level. Amen. But, but, but it's different kinds of fast throughout the whole month. People are being moved to fast for certain things and also for solid foods in different ways. On Wednesday, for sure, all of us as a church are fasting solid foods and we're coming together every night and we're praying and we're seeking him. And outside of that, it's been such a blessing to hear how some of us are fasting in many different ways, whether it's foods and, 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 and what you're drinking, all these different things. And it really has become an encouragement even to me to say, keep going, keep going, keep going. This month is going to continue to be good. So, so I'm just um, very excited. And um, we're going to continue discussing this month that has been set apart. I get that today's the day of love and I get today's all about hearts and all that. But, but we're going to continue with this, with this dedication of this month to fasting and to prayer and specifically to have a greater hunger for our Lord. And that's what I want to continue to <clears throat> discuss today. Last week, we were able to get into uh, this and we discussed that our reason for doing this, that our reason for this month's dedication to prayer and fasting was that we would do just that, that we would hunger for God. Not only just hunger for God, but we would also, what, long for his leading in our lives. How many of you know that without God's leading in your lives, how many of you would say that you would be lost? <sighs> if God did not lead my life, I know for a fact I'd be lost. I'd be a mess. I'd be scared to say some of the places I might be or where I may not be. But thank God that he's leading our lives, and that's what we want, Lord. We want your continual leading, and we want to continue to hunger for you. And we, do, we discussed that through this fasting, at times in Scripture, we learned last week that the course of history has been changed. How many of you remember that last week? That we've seen that the course of history has been changed, and we believe that for our own personal lives, that the course of our history, 
The course of our lives can be changed forever. And for our nest as a whole, it could be changed. And what God can do in our lives, it could be something uh, supernatural and something beautiful. Amen? Today, the text that I want to stay on and the text that I really want to uh, pour into is Isaiah chapter 58. If you have your, your Bible, turn to Isaiah chapter 58. And once you're there, maybe give me an amen. <clears throat> Let me know that you're ready to go. And Isaiah 58 is uh, it's going to be an important text for today. As you turn to Isaiah 58, and as many of you are getting there, we'll flash some of the scriptures on the screen. Isaiah 58, it's, it's a very interesting passage that's in the middle of this book. And in this chapter, the reason why I wanted to get into it is because the prophet Isaiah is doing something. And if you heard me, I said, hey, you know, sometimes the word of God, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily always just encourage and make us feel good. Sometimes it's like, wow, we really have to look in the mirror and correct things that we see. The Bible is described as a mirror. You guys know that. Because when you wake up in the morning, you go into the mirror and what? You fix what you see. You touch it up. Very rare do you see someone walk out of their house the way they woke up. Most of you, I'm being very honest. Most of you, before you left your house, you looked into the mirror. How many of you can say amen to that? No, I'm just playing. <laughs> How many of you, hallelujah, thank God they did. No. You're beautiful, even if you didn't do that. All right. <laughs> but but you, looked at, you looked into the mirror, and what did you do? You fixed or you worked on some of the things that needed to be worked on before you left your house. I can't leave with my hair like this. I can't leave with sleep in my eyes. I can't leave with dry. <laughs> I don't know how you wake up. I mean, I'm not talking about me. I'm just talking about you. I have to... Take a bath, a shower. Sorry, shower. I always say bath. I'm shower. I have to put some cologne on and perfume on. I have to. And you guys know. And the Word of God does that to us. It corrects and it shows us what's standing in front of it. How many of you stood before this Word and you didn't like what you've seen? Man, it's a beautiful thing that His Word is that living and that powerful today. So, Isaiah 58, what does he do? He steps into the scene and the prophet Isaiah, and that's what he is, he's a prophet to the nation. He begins to rebuke the people, rebuke them, not love them in the sense of like, oh, you're doing such a good job. No, he rebukes them, he corrects them as a leader, as the prophet of that land. And specifically, he's rebuking them for something dead on, straight on, bullseye. And what he rebukes them is, hey, you're seeking the Lord throughout this time. You're praying throughout this time. You're fasting throughout this time. But what he tells them is, you're fasting incorrectly. You're seeking him, but not with a true heart, he tells them. And he really confronts them. He confronts the hypocrisy of God's people. He confronts their hypocrisy, and with boldness, what he, does, what he does is this. He clarifies the true path of God's blessing. You want to be blessed as a people? Here is the way that you are blessed. You need to be right. You need to do these things right. One commentary explains it great. He says, the people were not gripped with a biblical faith, and the Lord has to tell them this. Because they weren't gripped with true faith, the Lord had to confront them. And in verse 2 of Isaiah chapter 58, the Lord has to tell them through the prophet Isaiah, yet they seek me daily. He, 
Here is what the Lord is pointing at. Here they are. They're seeking me daily. The people are seeking me. Here we are at Nest. And what are we doing every single day? We're seeking him daily. I think what? This month is 28 days. We've set apart. Not that these are going to be the only 28 days that we're seeking God throughout the year. Obviously, if we're children of God, we seek him what? The 365 days of the whole year. But, but, but together, collectively, as a whole, as a unit, what are we doing? We're seeking him. We're seeking his face. We're, we're going in. We're sacrificing. Some of you are only sleeping for four hours, three hours. Thank you for sacrificing yourself. There's a blessing behind that. The Lord, if it's true, if it's genuine, God sees that and honors that. We're seeking his face. We're going in. And the people were going in. In Isaiah chapter, chapter 58, they were going in. But as they were going in, they were going in with hypocrisy. And they had to con- be confronted. They had to be told, hey, you're doing it wrong. You see, what they would do is, if you study the whole passage, was they would use their fast and they would use it as, a, as some form of an emotional mechanism. And what they were doing was to pressure God to comply to this. I pray that as we set apart this month, that we're not just seeking him so that he could give us the wishes that we desire for. That is not the God we serve. God, I come and I seek you for this whole month because this is what I wish. Or this is what I want. That's not the way that we come before the Lord. Maybe you've been living with the Lord and walking with the Lord for many years and that's how you've been walking with the Lord. Well, it's a beautiful day this morning to say, hey, you're doing it wrong. That's not how we walk with God. We don't walk with the Lord to say, hey, give us what you want. What did David say? Lord, here is all of me. That's what we just ended worship with. That In the psalm, David says, no, Lord, here I am. Have all of me. I give all myself to you. You see the difference between those two individuals? One individual says, give me what I want. The other individual says, here is all of me. And that's a beautiful reminder of where are we? How can we measure ourselves? And these people were trying to pressure the Lord. Come on, satisfy my human wishes. Comply with what I'm praying and seeking you for. And when God refused himself, God refused to be used. I'm not going to let you humans use me. The people become offended. They become offended. And I wouldn't say they become offended of their relationship at all. I would say they become offended that their religion does not work. It became a religion to them, this walk with God. Everything became about the status and everything became about the specific offering and sacrifice and, it, and they stopped being reverent for God himself. And it was a very scary place to be at. It's almost as saying we care so much about what we can offer, maybe even here on a Sunday, but what? We're falling short in living in reverence under God. Can you imagine that? What good is a man's preaching if he's good and skilled with his words? For we've seen many skilled Men, men that are known globally, men that pack up stadiums. And then we recognize, wait a minute, their lives were not lives that lived in reverence to the Lord. And they had to be exposed for their sin. The Lord is going to expose that stuff. We saw, we've seen one recently now. A known person globally. And right now, all the things are coming out about this person. It's a reminder to us Christians to guard ourselves, guard our hearts, and live in reverence and awe before the Lord in his holiness and his righteousness. Amen? And that's exactly what he's asking the people here. 
They, they became offended. And, and Isaiah tells them in verse 3, I'm going to read all of verse 3, but he tells them this one line that I thought was real interesting. He says this, Behold, in the day of your fast, you seek your own pleasures. He tells the, the crowd that. Can you imagine being told that? I, Isaiah 53, the New Living says it this way. He says, We fasted, the people have said this to the Lord. Ready? Look what, look what the people are saying to the Lord. We have fasted before you, they say. Why aren't you impressed? We've been very hard on ourselves, and you don't even notice it. I will tell you why, I responded. It's because you're fasting to please yourselves. Even while you fast, you keep oppressing your workers. So they're like, Lord, we're doing all these great things. And the Lord's like, what? <laughs> You're doing great things, but you yourself is not becoming a great person. And he had to really approach them and come before them. And he had to really speak into this situation <laughs> that these people were in in verse 3. They, 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 they are exposed of having no knowledge of God as they, be, they begin to grab the workers, those that serve unto them, and they oppress them and they're hard on those who serve them. As if saying this, well, if God doesn't want to work this for us, then we're just going to use the people that are under us. And God's like, that's not how this works. They went from wanting to use God, and God was not going to allow himself to, to be used by man and to bow down to the commands of humanity. Oh, yes, I am God. I do everything you say. God wasn't necessarily going to show them that that's who he was. So they went from wanting to use God to then turning on God and using people. When our hearts are not right before God, it begins to affect the people that we do life with. And Isaiah had to confront this. You are all the people of God, even those that serve under you. So because your heart is not right before God, notice your heart is not right before people. When your heart is not right before people, it's because your heart probably is not right before God. Isn't that a beautiful scripture? How many of you need to say, I need to get my heart right? I got to fix some things. I got to work on some things. And then you ask, well, where do I start? What's the answer? Where do we start? It starts with God. If God heals that heart, if God does that stuff in your heart, then it's going to genuinely flow to those you do life with, people, the family. Amen. If God doesn't do this, then I'm just going to take it upon myself. No. They did all of this with, this with a spiritual implication, all in the name of the Lord and in this discipline of fasting. Oh, we're holy. And this is what we tell you guys to do. And the heart of God was in none of it. This is what I fear. I, do, I fear that when we do a month like this month, I want the heart of God to be in it. What I fear is that the heart of God is not in it. People always ask me, when are we going to fast? Are we going to fast at the beginning of the year? Are we going to do a 21-day fast? And I'm very careful. Like, I just don't want to do what every other church is doing. I just don't want to, just because everyone starts off the year fasting, is that what God wants you to do? I don't know. Like, I don't want to become religious about this stuff. What is it that God really wants us to do as a family? What is it that he wants you to do in your home? That's why all I did was say this. Ready? We're going to dedicate the whole. Did you notice what we've done here? We said this whole month we're going to, we're going to what? Wake up at 5 a.m. from Monday to Friday. Take the weekends off. Sleep in if you want. And then we're going to fast all day Wednesday and come together Wednesday night. And what did I say from the beginning? I pray that you don't what? That you don't end where we started. 
What does that mean? That you for yourself, within your family, you figure out, am I really only called to fast one day? Or is God really wanting to do a work and stretch this more? What else do I have to give to him? And many of you have taken upon yourself without being told what to do. The Holy Spirit has directed and led you. And you on your own, by the work of the Holy Spirit, are taking it upon yourself to do extra, to go in more, to hunger more. And God is honoring many of you. How many of you could testify of that? I was blessed by Gio the other day. He came up to me and he I need to talk to you right now. And he came up to me on a Wednesday and he spoke to me and, and I said, what is it, man? I thought he was going to give me bad news. Like, oh, bad news. And he's like, I don't know what happened. I was at home and I was watching live on YouTube and the Holy Spirit told me I needed to come here. My wife told me, go. If God is telling you to go, you need to go, right? Something like that. And he came over here and he said he started praying out there and out of nowhere he felt a touch come behind him and he says, you're at peace. You're going to be fine. Go. Go do what you have to do. And right there as he was praying, the Lord began to put key people in our church and he began to intercede for them. He says, what do I do? What do I do about these people? And we were able to have a personal conversation about that. What happened there? He made himself available and what happened? He felt God and he heard the voice of God in his life. Can't make that stuff up. This is a man that wanted nothing to do with church. And now the Lord is speaking to him to get out of his house, to come to church. And when he got here, that act, not that the God could only speak here, because God started to speak to him from his house, but he wanted to see if he'll be obedient. And here is where he gave him the word. That's powerful. I'm not saying that here is where God, do you guys know what I'm saying, right? Because I know, oh, take that out. No, here is not where God can only give the word. It was his obedience that God says, okay, now I'm going to give you the word. And that's flooring, and that's happening because he's dedicating himself throughout this whole month to really hunger, seek after God. Amen? Another one, another sister of ours, she, she, uh, she's not here right now. She's with the kids. But she was like, I, I, man, I prayed after Wednesday service when I left there, Lord, give me more dreams. And that night, I had three specific dreams, or a dream about three specific people. What do I do? <sighs> You can't make that stuff up. She just prayed it. She went to bed that night and bam, God gave it. You want dreams? Here's some dreams. Do something with it now. Those are things that I'm telling you about. All right, I got lost here on my, on my message. Sorry about that. <clears throat> Hallelujah. These people in Isaiah 58, it was, they weren't honoring him because it was done in hypocrisy. I pray that this month, the last thing that we're doing is coming before him with hypocrisy. What do you, but I, but I have such filth and ugly things. Good. Bring it to him. Lord, here's the ugly. Here's the bad. Be transparent. Oh, I can't hide this. Here is my most shameful thing. And watch God do a miracle in your life. Amen. As time passes, some 700 years, that's a lot of years, 700 years. Some 700 years, we see things just never change. You've ever looked at ah, ese nunca cambia. Something like that. You know that phrase? Ese nunca va a cambiar. It's a famous, I guess, it's, I don't know if it's a Hispanic thing, but I know for sure it's a Cuban thing. Ese nunca va a cambiar. That person will never change. That's a lie, by the way. That phrase is a lie. God can change that which man says. <laughs> you know when something like that is said it's because someone actually just said that on the way over here and the Lord just well, <laughs> I'm sorry if that was you mm. alright so as time passes some 700 years we see so, that some things never change and in Matthew 6 I'm going to read three verses 
These are Jesus' very own words in verse 16, 17, and 18. Look at these three verses. He's teaching his followers, and, in, and he says this, When you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites. So Jesus is calling out hypocrisy himself. So did Isaiah. For they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you that they have received their reward. Verse 17, but when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face. That your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And that your Father who sees in secret will reward you. We could talk a little bit about that. There's certain episodes in when you have to tell people you're fasting. But I want you to really get the heart of what he's really saying here. Our relationship with the Lord is not one of hypocrisy. He's really telling the believers, I, I want you to know that I also know what you do in secret. Though you may, this, you may be showing something publicly, and though you may be saying something publicly, remember that I know you in the private room. And that's what he's really teaching here. It's deeper than just fasting. It's I know those deep, intimate things about you. And, 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 and whether we pray throughout the whole month or fast, seek him in whichever manner we are, it's never meant to manipulate God as Isaiah 58, the people were doing, and use God because we can't use God and we can't manipulate God. It's never meant to be seen by others so that they can look at us and say, whoa, look at them, another church, another group of people, another family, they're holy, they're doing things. We don't want to... That's not why we do any of this, whether it's personal, intimate with God, public, collective, all together, so that people can say, whoa, he fast, she fast, that church fast. They must really know God. They're so spiritual. He's so spiritual. That church is so spiritual. It's not for the recognition of man or to seek our own pleasure. Please listen to this. The reason why we do what we're doing throughout this month, fasting, praying, setting this whole month apart to draw near, meeting throughout the week, is because we want what? More of God. More godliness, more holiness, less of us, more of Him. We have a desire and a hunger to just be closer to Him and to truly see Him move in our lives like never before. The people of God in Isaiah's day, they wanted their wants, their wishes met. They, they had lacked understanding. They, they lacked reverence. They thought that true religion, listen to this, write this down actually if you're taking notes. They thought that true religion, true religion, what was, ex, what was, what was acceptable to man. True religion is that which is acceptable to man. But true religion is not what is acceptable to man, but what is acceptable to the Lord. And when man is trying to push you a whole agenda, or when man is trying to push you a whole faith, or when man is trying to push you a whole ideal, I'm telling you that our job and our goal is not to back down, but to stand straight, to stand firm, firmer than ever, and to say what? Our faith is not to please you or to bend by what you tell us. Our faith is what is acceptable to the Lord, and that's what we have to stay true to. That's it. You can't bend from that. What is acceptable to the Lord? That is what I have to stay honorable to and true to. And for some of us, it might cost us a lot. The whole Bible, I think it's what, Matthew 5 through 7 or 8, I don't know, all of it. It talks about the cost of your discipleship, the cost of following Jesus. Sometimes it breaks up families. Sometimes it releases you from your workplace. Sometimes it, I mean, fill in the blank. When you begin to stand for God, you see that at that moment, there's 
There's a cost. There's a cost that needs to be counted for. How many of you are grateful that I'm living in a time under a Lord, in a calling that I'm called to count the cost at all levels of our lives? That's scary for some people to say, count the cost, even if it means ridiculous to someone else, but it pleases the Lord's heart on count the cost. What's acceptable to the Lord? You should write that. That's my answer. That's my question to you. And what's your answer? What's acceptable to the Lord? Many of you would answer that all kinds of ways. What's acceptable to the Lord? I love one verse, and I'm not saying that this is the only verse, but I think it really gives us a foundation to really grow on of what's acceptable to the Lord. You should write this down, Psalm 51, verse 17. In Psalm chapter 51, verse 17, the psalmist writes this, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. O God, you will not despise. What is pleasing to the Lord? A broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. Lord, that you will not despise. I want my seeking him, your seeking him, our fast, my fast, I want it to do something. I want to be, well, what do you want it to do? Do you want it to, do you want it to like, what, what do you want it to do in your life? Hopefully the answer is this. I want it to be acceptable to the Lord. Not that he would give me everything I'm praying. Am I praying for certain things throughout this month? 100% I am. Who else do I say it to? I got I to gotta give him the burdens. But the heart of all of that, hopefully, is, Lord, that throughout this, I'm acceptable to you. Amen? And that's what we would want, to be acceptable to the Lord. What, what, what do you mean that we are a sacrifice to him? I can't go, I gotta continue to go back to David's words. Lord, and I give you all of myself. A sacrifice of ourselves to him. That he may look at me, that he may look at you, at all of us, and be pleased, and that he would visit and bless us. Amen? That he would say, you see that house? You see that family? I love them. I love how they speak to me. I love how they seek me. I love how they do it. So you know what? I'm just going to, I'm just going to, watch this. I'm just going to show up in their gathering. <laughs> That's crazy. He just shows up. He just begins to talk. His angels just begin to sing songs over us. If we could open up our eyes. I mean, it's just mind-blowing that he would look at us and be pleased with us and that he would bless you right there where you're at. So what do we do? We prepare ourselves. We come to him with a broken, uh, a contrite heart, a broken spirit, a, a sacrifice unto the Lord. And let's continue to do this. Let's continue to push. I encourage you. And maybe you're here like, oh my God, it's February 14th and I haven't done it. Like, should I? I'm, I'm inviting you to what? If you're watching online, if you're here today, guess what? You still have half the month. I'm inviting you to wake up at 5 o'clock tomorrow. I'm inviting you back here Wednesday night. And if you can't make it, I'm inviting you to fast with us, to pray with us, to do what you need to do. I'm inviting you to come and seek the Lord alongside us. But I'm halfway, I'm halfway there. I didn't do it with you. Who cares? It's not, about, it's not about how you start, the Bible teaches me. It's about how you finish this race. I started late. Who cares? Will you, will you finish well? Then you're good. Finish well. Finish well. Yeah, finish strong. So I, I invite you to come. No excuses. Amen? All right. Let's continue with a readied heart.
I'm encouraging you all with a ready spirit that we will come out of this time, this month of faster, fast, faster, faith, fasting, fasting and prayer. When you get fast and prayer together, you get faster, I guess. Out of this fast and prayer different than how we entered. How many of you want to come out different than how you entered? I came in as gold. Listen, many of you came in as gold into the fire, amen. But you come out as now refined gold. So the gold that came into the fire was valuable and beautiful, but it had a lot of impurities. But amen, you were still gold when you came into the fire. Don't take away from your gold. You were beautiful. I mean, you're priceless. You you cost him the cross, his death. You were beautiful. But you come out as refined gold, amen? You come out as a more valuable, purer gold. All right, praise God. A ready spirit. I want to be better than how I entered. Many of us have personal things that we're seeking the Lord throughout this month. Things that have been hurting us for years. Things that we are truly crying out and believing for. Whether it's breakthroughs or healing or some want to take their walk in Christ to another place it's never been. And I'm really hoping that you're making this time of great importance to you. This is the day of love. I really pray throughout this month that you're really encountering a greater love like never before. I want to read verse 6 and 7 if I can. I still have the whole chapter to go. No, here we go. In verse 6 and 7, I'll go fast. It says this. Oh, you know what? I'm going to read one phrase from it and, 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 and we'll, we'll eventually get into all of this. The Lord tells the people as all this that I've shared with you is going on with the people of this day. He tells them, is this not the fast that I have chosen? He says this in the NLT. He says, no, this is the kind of fasting I want. Free those who are wrongly imprisoned. Lighten the burden of those who work for you. Let the oppressed go free. Remove the chains and bind people. Share your food with the hungry. Give shelter to the homeless. Give clothes to those who need them. Do not hide from the relatives who need your help. Is this not the fast in which I've chosen? Notice, notice everything was to what? If you love, if you're filled with the love of God, you're called to what? I shared this during the 9.30 huddle. You're called, you're called to serve someone else. Is this not the fast I have chosen? The Lord is saying, this is the path that you are to take. He's telling them in Isaiah 58. The one that I laid out for you, not the one that you laid out for yourselves. Because what's happening in Isaiah chapter 58 is a nation of people have come to the Lord and says, this is the path that I've laid for myself. And the Lord says, no, but I've laid a different path for you. How many of you have planned your way and the Lord has said, nope, I'm going to direct you a whole other way than what you've planned. And you're like, oh, bummer, man. It's just been really, it was really hard to accept that. And that's exactly what's happening. I get that you wanted to go that route, but what Scripture says that he'll even put a hook in the mouth, man. And No, but I'm bringing you this route. I'm bringing you this way. This is what I desire for you. This is what I've chosen. The path that you're t- to take, the one I've laid out, not the one that you laid out for yourself. You're fasting, you're praying, you're seeking him, but for your own gain, for your own wishes, and you never intended it. To, to do it with my glory in mind. You fasted, you prayed for your glories, not mine, he tells them. Wow. I desire to do something great. I desire to do something powerful that will bring me glory and cause my name to be exalted upon you and upon the land. Here is what I've chosen, people. Isaiah chapter 58, what is he saying? I've chosen this to loose the bond of wickedness, to undo heavy burdens. How many of you have bonds of wickedness over your family and you need the what? The Lord to what? Loosen the bonds of wickedness. 
There is continual sin in your family, continual bickering, continual fighting, a continual blanket, a blanket of wickedness, a blanket of evil that continues to harm your family. And we need the Lord to loose the wickedness, to undo heavy burdens, to free the oppressed, to break every yoke, to cause you to care for the hungry, the poor, and the naked. Man, this is a beautiful scripture. It's really something that we take to heart and we say, man, where am I in all of this stuff? What are we doing as a body? Where am I personally in my own life? I know that this is for a different people in a different time, but come on, can we read the scripture though it was written, man, thousands of years ago and say it could still be applied to me and where I'm at right now in my life. Let's be honest. Everyone say, let's be honest. Honesty hurts sometimes and honesty can be painful. But let's be honest. Think about those things of our lives. Are we praying for some of these things? Because we see the constant struggle in our lives. Are we praying for others? Because we see the constant struggle in some of their lives and some of these things. Which are, as verse 6 and 7 in Isaiah chapter 58 puts it, wickedness. Do you see constant wickedness in your life? In the lives of others that you're praying for? You see a heavy ungodly burden. You see individuals or you yourself as a people, as a person who is oppressed. Yokes of bondage. You, do you, is there a lack of care for the sick people? A lack of care for the poor, for the less fortunate? Do you, ah, I just walk by them, I could care less. Where's the compassion? Where's the love of God? And that's, that's what is happening in Isaiah 58. It's a rebuke, man. It's a rebuke to the people and it's a correction. Not for any other reason that God was angry with them and wanted just to bring a rod to destroy them, but because of his great love for them, he wanted to transform them into him. Do as I do. Feel as I feel. Have my heart in your heart. Do you want to see yourself set free or others set free from these things? I believe that we see in Isaiah 55, in Isaiah 58, I believe what we see that there in this passage is still true for today. That when his name is exalted through and in our lives, we are most satisfied and blessed in him. We are most satisfied and blessed by him. But he's got to be exalted through us and in us. Amen? Verse 8 and 9. You guys remember 6 and 7? This is the kind of fast I want. This is the path that I've chosen you on. Do bam, 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 bam. And you're just like, whoa, my God, I feel overwhelmed, God. Why would you say such a thing to me? And then verse 8 and 9, he says what? He says this. Then your light shall break forth. Then your healing shall spring forth. Your righteousness shall go before you. You will call and I will answer. You will cry and I will say, here I am. He's basically just saying, I'm always there, but I really desire for you to do your part. If you do your part, you're going to see that I'm always there and with arms open wide saying, I'm here. Here I am. I'm going to hear your cry. I'm going to hear your voice. I'm here. Here I am. Here I am. But I long for you to do your job, to do your, take on your responsibility. I long for you to do it right, says the Lord. This, this whole idea of I could continue to sin and I could continue to live the way that I live, but God is still good and He'll still have compassion. He is good and He still will have compassion, but He desires and He's driving you for a responsibility to walk in obedience and faithfulness so that when you cry, He could show you, I am present. I am there. The connection is genuine. It's there. The light shall break forth. I don't know about you, but in my life, I need light to break forth. Man, there are certain areas that I just need light to break forth. 
Oh, really? I thought light was always breaking forth in your life. No, it's not. I need light to break forth. Hey, man, it was getting warm in here. Whenever you get warm, it's the Holy Spirit saying, shh, calm down. You're going to start sweating in front of them. All right. How many of us need healing? I need healing to spring forth. I need righteousness to go before. I need to know that when I call, you answer. When I cry, Lord, I want to know that you are there. God promises to meet us, meet them. When it's in honesty, when it's in truth, true fasting, true prayer, true seeking him. And he meets you with what? What does 89, verse 89 of Isaiah 58 say? I meet you with true blessing. I'm praying that this church, we walk out of this month and boom, that we would just enter into a mighty move of the blessing of God. We're already seeing it. We're already seeing pictures of it things of it, but, but that we would see it, that it would drown us. Wow, Lord, we're so humbled by your blessings. He meets you. As we truly seek him in this time, he meets you. And I want to see that for our church, for our people, to experience everything that we just mentioned in verse 7 and 8, 8 and 9. I want that for us, for you. He wants that for us. Amen? I'm going to read from Eugene Peterson, the message translation. He, look how he writes verses 11 and 12. Verse 11 and 12, the message says it this way. This is so good. He says, I will always show you where to go. How many of you can hear that from the Lord today and say, Amen? I will always show you where to go. I'll give you a full life in the emptiest of places, firm muscles, strong bones. You'll be a well watered garden, a gurgling. I love that word so much. A gurgling spring that never runs dry. You'll use the old rubble of past lives to build anew. You'll rebuild the foundations from out of your past. You'll be known as those who can fix anything. Restore old ruins. Rebuild and renovate. Make the community livable again. I'm praying for that. Make the community livable again. Ah, oh, man, what a beautiful passage. What a beautiful passage. Isaiah 58 is so so beautiful. I, I mean, you could just preach on those two verses for hours. I mean, what a beautiful passage. If you look at the life of Daniel, in the life of Daniel, he comes to a time of his life when God's people, Israel, were sinning. And they were sinning against God. And he realized, Daniel, being a child of God, he realized there's one thing I need to do. Everybody's sinning, and there's one thing I need to do. And I'm going to read to you what Daniel chapter 9, verse 3 says. And this is what Daniel sets himself to do. You ready? He says in chapter 9, Then I set my face toward the Lord God to make request my prayer and supplications with fasting. <laughs> All of this is going on in this world, God, Daniel says. But I know the one thing that I need to do. I need to come before the Lord, set my face toward God. Kind of like we're doing this month. Setting our face toward God to make my prayer and my supplications with fasting known before him. Wow. I, want you, I, don't, I don't have time to get all into Daniel chapter 9, but I want you to hear how he ends his prayer before the Lord. 
And that's in verse 18 and 19. He says this. After he says, I sent my face toward the Lord, he says this in verse 18 and 19. Oh my God, incline your ear and hear. Open your eyes and see our desolations and the city which is called by your name. For we do not present our supplications before you because our righteous deeds. <laughs> because of our righteous deeds. That's not why we bring you our supplication. Because of our right, because we're good. Because of our righteous deeds. Why do you bring your prayer, your supplication before the Lord, Daniel? He says it next. He says, but because of your great mercies. Because you are good. Not anything about us. How many times here at church do we remind ourselves, it's not about us. It's about his great mercies. It's about his great goodness. Oh my God, if we could just humble ourselves before him. Get over that. Get over our selfishness. Get over our things. But because of your great mercies, verse 19, oh Lord, verse Hear, O Lord, O Lord, forgive, O Lord, listen and act. Do not delay for your own sake, not for our sake, not for my sake, Daniel says, that you will do what I want, what, I, what pleases me, but for your own sake, do what you need to do, my God. For not my city, though I run this town, but not my city. It's your city, for your city and your people, he says. They're called by your name. What is he doing? I'm bringing them back to what your word says. I'm holding you accountable to your word, not to my word. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful prayer that Daniel is saying. And as a church, man, as we seek him, and as I'm asking anyone here who has not gotten into it to seek him as well, what are you going to seek? Seek after his glory to be revealed in your life. Let the glory of the Lord overwhelm you. Let it overwhelm and reveal itself over your family. Fast, pray, seek him, do what you need to do. Oh, not for yourself. Listen to me. For the Lord, more of him. More of the Lord, more of us unto the Lord. And there is where you will be satisfied. And you'll be like, I never thought that I would be so full by emptying myself fully. You want to fully fill yourself? I don't know if that makes sense. Then empty yourself before the Lord and he fills us. Amen? I'm going to ask the worship team to come up as like me and Rudy mess around about this. There's three things that we say. As I get ready to close... As I share this last thing, and uh, what's the third thing? I forgot. There's three things that I say before we close. So here's the first one. As we get ready to close. We're almost finished. Almost finished. Everything that I've, sh- <laughs> Everything that I've shared in Isaiah chapter 58, if all that we have mentioned here today, if it does not happen, please listen to this. Verses, verses, um, verses 8, 9, 10, and 11, and all that. And verse 12. If these verses don't happen, Lord, if all this stuff doesn't happen, then Lord, I seek you then just for this one thing. And the book of James does a good way to say in it, I just seek you I fast, I pray, I seek you just to draw near to you. And here it is, Lord. James chapter 4, verse 8 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Amen? Oh, Lord, but I was there for that service and verses 8 through 12 didn't come to pass in my life. (laughs) If none of those things happen, Lord, let me just draw near to you. And as I draw near to you, Lord, draw near to me. 
James tells the church, cleanse your hands. You sinners, purify your hearts. He even says you double-minded. Draw near to God. He's calling the hypocrisy of the church. He's telling them, draw near to God. And he's faithful to draw near to us. Amen. I, how many of you have experienced that throughout this month? I've seen that drawing near to him. I've seen him draw near to me. In verse 10 of James chapter 4, he says, Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. What an encouraging word. Humble yourself, and he will lift you up. So I ask, well, how should I fast? What should I fast? Why should I fast? Those questions, right? How should I pray? Why should I pray? Why should I set this month apart? How? What? Why should I do that? The how, the what, the why questions. Well, how should I do this? Maybe you're, you're doing it. I'm, gonna, I'm continuing to encourage you. Maybe next week I'm going to focus deeper into prayer. But all I can tell you is the way you do this, the how is this. Humble yourself with humility, humbly. And you do this humbly for his purpose, not yours. Amen? So how are you seeking him? Hum with humility, not for my own reasons, but for, for his purposes. So if we're praying, fasting, seeking him for healing, for forgiveness, etc., it's not for our glory and wishes to be met, but for our Lord to be glorified in the midst of it. Amen? That's the how. Humbly for his purposes, not ours. What? What do I do? Well, we're refraining from solid foods. We're refraining from social media, some of us. From hobbies. Drinks, foods, all kinds of things that you yourself are fasting. Creative ways. Ways that you have found that certain things have become a distraction. Where you've fasted from things that may distract you. And we're taking the time that those things would have occupied us with. We're taking that free time now. And what are we doing? We're focusing on the Lord, on His Word, on giving Him a more purposeful time. And we're saying we're giving ourselves more to you each day. So what? That's your what, amen? And then why? Why am I doing this? There's so much that we could say, but I maybe could answer it the best way with one sentence. That your physical hunger would draw out your spiritual hunger. And that your spiritual hunger would be what it's all about. That when you're hungry and you feel like you can't go one more time, one more minute, one more day, that your reminder is, I got to pray. I got to read his word. I got to worship. I got to call someone. I got to cry out. When we're bored and we want to do something that we would normally do to occupy, maybe waste time in our lives, now we pray and we read. We meditate in his word, in him. And we can say, thank you, Lord, for making yourself known to me. Amen? Richard Foster, I want to quote him. He says this. He says, fasting reminds us that we are sustained by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Every word that comes from the mouth of God, that's what keeps us together. So all I can say is, how desperate are you for God? How hungry are you for the Lord? Amen? Scripture teaches us not that we should fast or that we need, that, that, that oh, this is why, that, man, that we got to come to a place where we recognize, man, I need to fast. Not that we should pray, but that we need to pray, that we should desire these things. It's part of who we are as Christ followers. Tertullian says this, fasting possesses great power 
If practiced with the right intention, it makes man a friend of God and the demons are aware of it. Amen. Let the demons know that I am a friend of God. Hallelujah. I ask you to just meditate right there for a moment. Meditate in your heart. Can you do that? Lord, thank you, Lord. Thank you for this great time, Lord. I pray, Lord God, that you put a charge in us, an encouragement in us, that, Lord, we would do this right, that we would seek you. There's no excuses. So many times, Lord, we could give all these different excuses, all these different justifications, Lord. But none of it, Lord God, is honored by you, Lord God. We just want to give it all to you, Lord. All ourselves to you. You know the, the truth in every heart. The truth in every life. We're all naked before you, Lord. I pray that you will continue to strengthen and encourage this family. I pray for someone here that came in today that Maybe they came in as a guest or whatnot, Lord, that you would, Holy Spirit, that you would begin to minister to the deepest parts of their lives, that they too would join in seeking you with us, that you would move in a mighty way. Come on, right there, if, where you're seated, right there, if you need God just to, this message was for you. Lord, grow my hunger for you, Lord. Give me strength. Right there where you're at, maybe where you're seated, you could just lift up your hands and say, Lord, I surrender myself. Right there where you're seated, you could say, Lord, I place myself on your altar as a living sacrifice. Lord, you know every detail of me, and I give you all of me, Lord, as I sacrifice, as I, I come before you as an offering that you would be pleased with your beloved, that you would do this mighty work in me. Lord, as we've learned in Isaiah 58, that Lord, we would please you, that Lord, we would be acceptable, that I would be acceptable before you. Thank you, Lord, for being good. Thank you, Lord, for being present. Thank you, Lord, for having compassion. You're such a good God. Hallelujah. We love you, Lord. Strengthen all of us, Lord. Encourage all of us in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Can you give God some praise right there where you're seated? As we end, I want to do something special today, and I pray that you really hold yourself accountable to His Word, amen? And that today that this Word has done something to you. The beautiful thing about this is, if you're like, oh man, I, I wish I could go back, I, I want to read it again, I want to go over it again, and I, I encourage you to go back, we have availability for you to watch this again and hear it through YouTube. All you got to do on the search 
It's Click Nest Church. And look for this service specifically. I encourage you, if you're into podcasts, I love podcasts. I live day and night on podcasts. They're so, the right ones are so good for you. Um, you can listen to it on podcasts. You, you got to click Nest. You got to write in Nest Church. And go back and listen to the message. Go back and maybe you know someone that needs to hear this message. You could share your link on social media. You could share your link through text message. And maybe someone could be blessed and say, I need you to hear this message. We say this almost every Sunday. And after you hear it, let's get some coffee or call me. Let's have a conversation. I want to hear your thoughts on it. I want to pray with you after you hear the message. Invite someone to hear it with you and, um, and pray with them. But the message is there so that it can continue to go forward through YouTube, through podcasts, so you can share it with friends, with family, people you love, people that you just met. Amen? So I challenge you to do that. Greater hunger. Greater hunger. Well, today um, it's special because um, we have the availability to, um, to look at greater hunger and say, Lord, our greater hunger spiritually in our relationship between you and I, it also affects my relationships here on earth. You know, if me and God are wrong, me and my wife are wrong. If me and God are ill, me and my wife are ill. We're at our best when we are at our best because he is the foundation, the definition of love and of everything that I need for relationships and for my marriage. Today is a, it's a, it's a very beautiful day and it's a, a, a testimony and it's a day of encouragement because we wanted to really take the end of this service here and to really make it special for this couple. Uh, Louis and Vanessa, they've been married today. They got married on Valentine's Day today, 10 years ago. And, and, and today I, I want to give them the opportunity uh, to come up and, and I, I would like to pray for them eventually and all that and, and I would like for all of you to pray for their marriage and I think you'll see why because um, their marriage truly didn't begin to have hope their relationship did not have hope in any form until Christ was it until Christ was put there in the center and that growth continues in their lives and that continues to move forward and that's the truth in all of our lives and marriage for all of us should we should be praying for each other's marriages all the time i'm looking around and i see a bunch of marriages i'm looking around and i'm saying they're tested they're tempted there's things that whisper into their ears there's distractions that lord that none of these marriages would ever waver and listen to the lies of the flesh the lies of the enemy but that they would stay strong and that they would always stay firm with their beloved. We're like, what should I pray for? I'm praying so much for a spouse. If you're single today, I'm going to ask you to get on your knees and pray hard for these marriages. They need your prayers. And it's a beautiful thing for the married people to do the same thing to the singles and say they're looking for a spouse, Lord. You bless them. 
marriage is never easy. Very, I, I hear people say, "My our marriage is just the best. It's easy." I'm like, "Man, it's so easy. It's easy." But marriage is a journey with ups, with downs, with fights, with with that to make up. Marriage is it's about humility. It's about removing our pride. Marriage is about having hope in each other. Marriage is about loving each other. Marriage is about having faith. If I, my wife loses faith in me and I in her, our marriage begins to crumble. And that's what every relationship, every friendship is like that. In your friendships, if you lost faith, hope, and love, that friendship is not at a good place today. In your families, if you've lost in your families faith, hope, and love, your families are not in a good place today. In your marriage, if these things are so important. I want to read some scripture that was shared today and I want to read it again as it was shared during our huddle. I'm going to start from the end and then I'll jump into the beginning. In 1 Corinthians 13, 1 Corinthians 13 is a very popular scripture because Paul writes specifically about love throughout this chapter. Love is this, love is that. Love does not do this. Love does not behave like this. Love does not is not seen like this. This is how love is seen. This is how love should be defined. I'm not going to get into all of that right now. It's a very popular scripture. Almost every wedding, 1 Corinthians 13 is quoted. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13, you see, how many of you, if something lasts forever, you want to know what lasts forever? How many of you want to build your life on something that only lasts for a little bit? How many of you want to build your life on something that's forever? I hope you want to live forever. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm not hoping, I'm telling you this right now. I'm going to live forever. Not on earth. But I'm going to live forever in all eternity with my God. So if I'm going to live forever, I want to know what lasts forever. Because forever is my home. It's a forever thing. It's an eternity. And in 1 Corinthians 13, Paul writes this. These three, these three things last forever. These three things. He says faith. Everyone say faith. Hope, and then he said, and love. Very basic words, right? Faith, hope, and love. But very deep, strong, and at times difficult words. <laughs> How many of you love has been difficult at times? Faith has been difficult. Hope has been these three things last forever. Faith, hope, and love. But he doesn't just end there. He says, the greatest though of these three, the greatest of all these three of faith and of hope and of love, the greatest of these is love. I'm not saying that faith is not important. How do I know faith is important? Because it's forever. I'm not saying hope is not important. How do I know hope is important? Because it's forever. And love though, not only is it forever, but it's the most important thing. Most important thing. We shared a little bit that some of the things that love does. Read 1 Corinthians 13 and you'll see why love is so important. Love is always about someone else. It's not about your own feelings. How many people in this world live in a, um, in a way of love, but as long as it satisfies them? That is such a false love. True love is not about satisfying yourself. True love is about laying down yourself for that other person. Even when all of you doesn't feel like it, that's true love. When I don't feel it, I still do it 
Why? Because I love. I choose to love. That's it. So what does he say in verse 1? If I speak in tongues of men and of angels, but I have not love. Can you imagine that? Speak in all the tongues of men and of all the languages of men. And I also speak of the language of the divine. If I could speak of the divine language and of the language of all men, but have no love. I am a noisy gong. I am a clashing cymbal. What am I? Just a bunch of noise. What am I? Ugh. Just annoying to be around. And if I have prophetic powers and I understand all the mysteries and all the knowledge, and if I have all the faith that I can remove mountains, but I do not have love, I am nothing. If I give away everything that I have, if I deliver up my body to be burned, but I have no love, then really, I'm gaining nothing. Everything has to be, the writer is saying, everything has to be in love and through love. If not, it has no purpose in it. I mean, it's, you could swim in that deep water there for a, for a little while. In love and through love. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask Lurak just to come up here and Hopefully, you take some of those words and Vanessa as well, and it, as it's an encouragement for them. I'm going to move this. Now nah, I got it. Okay. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Hello. I want to invite my beautiful wife up here. <laughs> nervous I'm sorry I was all good <clears throat> till this uh, very moment <laughs> uh, I should have wrote it down like pastor said <laughs> well oh Charlene I need you for it. Clean the lens. Um, this journey has been amazing. Truly. I just never thought I'd be married. There was many failed relationships and, you know, my family knows my sister knows my sister has always been my rock there supporting me and I'm thankful to have my family my sister, my brother my other brother my mother-in-law my sister-in-law most of them for the first time here, I'm very grateful for that um, but my mom told me one day don't be a coward <laughs> The second thing she said, have you prayed for your wife before? And, you know, we come from a, a very, uh, you know, religious family. We believed in God, Catholic background. And I said, no. I met Vanessa at my mom's house on New Year's. She's friends uh, of my brother. 
And I saw her and I was just struck by her beauty. Um, I can't, I remember her dress and I remember her standing by the outside door like this. She's like, hello. And I was just sitting like, I've never seen you before. <laughs> but you know, she was in another part of her life and I didn't, I just saw beautiful and I was like un, unreachable and I just, my mind just moved on and time passed and uh, we met uh, in another scenario. Um, but I was praying, I was praying. And, um, but I didn't know it was her. So three years passed and um, I was looking for an artist that had a studio to, to <laughs> record music. And my brother's like, oh yeah, Vanessa sings. I'm like, who's Vanessa? I'm like, that girl, Vanessa. I'm like, show me Vanessa, who's Vanessa? Vanessa sings and then she, he shows me the picture and I was like, oh, that girl. I'm like, oh my God, it's her really? Like, oh my, and so like, I was like, ah. And I would get nervous, and uh, I got nervous. And well, our first song that we wrote, we un we by the time we finished that song, we f we knew something was up. And but she was in another place in her life, and she says, "Well, you know, you know where I'm at in my life, and we can't speak or see each other." And so we no conversation, no nothing. But one of the few conversations we did have, she said, um, if I believed in Christ. And that was her, her deal breaker. Like, if I wasn't about this life, then don't even look her way, basically. So she said, at my mom's house in her car. And then um, we kind of didn't speak for a long time, not knowing if this was actually going to be a thing. I had no idea. And all I knew is that I told, I told her, I'm like, well... Uh, I'm going to work on myself to be that man that you, uh, you know, that Christian man. I didn't really know what I was saying, really. But I knew I had to work on myself, um, not even knowing if she was going to be mine. So it was a leap of faith because she could have continued with her life. And I would have never seen her again. But God had different plans. And I'm so grateful for that, um, that God had different plans. And I have continuously worked on my relationship with Christ so that I could love you better. Uh, so with that being said, I want you to <laughs> turn to your mother. I picked you from the first day, not knowing, not knowing if you would be mine. And I pick you again and again and again for an eternity. I'm so grateful for you and your life. Thank you for choosing me and trusting me and loving me and praying for me. Would you marry me again? Surprise. <laughs> yeah, so we're renewing our vows here today, and uh, we're going to have Pastor join us. 
What did she say? Yeah? Surprise. What did she say? Did she, are you going to marry? Will you continue to marry? Yes, yes. Amen. <laughs> that would have been awkward. Amen. Well, today's, today's special um, because this is a lot of it is, she, has, she had an idea, but a lot of it is a surprise. Yes. As uh, Lewis wanted it to be a surprise for her. Um, amen. So today, under 10 years, uh, before all of us, before the Lord, they wanted to renew their vows. Well, they, she wanted to do it eventually. She didn't know it was going to be today necessarily. Um, but they prepared it in a way where she was able to write hers, yes. that he was able to draw it out of her on time for today, and that he too has written his vows. And they're going to share their vows to one another as she continues to say yes to him, and as he continues to say yes to her. And as they renew their vows, then we're going to pray over them and pray for their marriage. And that they wouldn't just be another 10 years, but as God gives them a health, that they would be as many years as they are on this earth together. Amen. Uh, the 10 would multiply by who knows what. So, amen. So, amen. So, at this time, we're going to let um, the groom yeah. go first. All right. And he's going to share his vows. This, I had to write down <laughs> with my daughter's phone. So that, so that Charlene, <laughs> so that Charlene could, uh, okay. <laughs> yes. Um, dear baby bird, I call her my bird. My love, you're beautiful and radiant as always. Today I stand in front of God, you, our friends and family, to declare my undying love for you to celebrate this union and to continue to offer our marriage to God, that he may continue to lead us through this amazing and beautiful journey. Yes, we have faced many challenges together as many marriages do, but you taught me to build our foundation in Christ first. In one of our first conversations outside my mom's house and your silver stratus, <laughs> and though, um, and though God has been, has always been good to us, and he has always shown us the way, and I'm so grateful for that, and you taught me that. I'm honored and blessed to have you as my life partner. More importantly, that we get, that we can glorify God together. Thank you for always showing me your love, your mercy, your compassion, patience, understanding, and your sweet affection. You are my perfect remedy you make me better in all areas of my life. Thank you for always praying for me and for being a spiritual support in my life. This is so true. This is so... I will always love you, protect you, take care of you in sickness or in health. I will lift you up through difficult moments. I will carry your burdens, hold your hand through the wilderness. You will never be alone as long as I breathe. I will be your shade in the sunny days and your umbrella in the rain. I will always be your knight, your flash, your true best friend. I will continue my work to be a better version of myself for you daily and for the years to come. To, to, be, always, to be always present and a great father to our children, to help guide them in the ways of the Lord, to love them and protect them with all I have. I will never cease praying for you for us and for our family. 
for you lead me to ha- for you led me to have a prayer life and taught me how to be a prayer warrior p.s i love your prayer style <laughs> i got it from her uh my life my life without you was not written god wrote this story with you in it i love you so much that it has deepened my relationship with christ our walk with our walk with him makes our love stronger you are the most valuable gift god has given me and entrusted me with you are my songbird with the perfect melody to my heart my heart is yours forever until death do us apart i love you <laughs> Your turn. Oh, bear with me, guys. I wasn't expecting this. So, ten years ago, I vowed to love you in sickness and in health, and for better or worse. I promised my faithfulness and perseverance despite the inevitable hardships and trials. We chose to pay the cost of a fruitful relationship. We chose to love by action. We chose forgiveness. We chose mercy. We chose counsel. And other times, we chose space. We always chose each other. It was a choice. And one we made daily. And although we didn't always feel it or couldn't understand each other, we knew we had one option and it was to do what it takes to make it work. We knew the worth, so we paid the cost. These past 10 years tested those vows, but mainly it tested our hearts and our faith. Through every obstacle, I grew stronger in my faith. I first needed to accept God's love God's love and forgiveness for myself before I could offer you mine. I needed to understand my heart and its sinful nature before I could accept yours. If we were to continue to choose each other, we first needed to choose God. Only then were we able to offer a love that was everlasting, enduring, forgiving, and honoring. One that was patient and kind, that kept no record of wrongdoing. I thank you, Louis, for loving me as God does. I vow to continue to seek his face and heart so that I can offer you one that looks like his. I vow to continue to grow in the fruits of the Spirit so that I can offer you my best. Love, one of actions. Joy, through humor and lightheartedness, creating a fruitful environment for our children. Peace, when you're feeling pressed, long-suffering, to mourn with you in times of mourning, and to be sensitive and to provide strength when your heart is tired. Gentleness, kindness, and goodness with my words and my thoughts, and my actions. To not speak against you or disrespect you, Although I will sometimes disagree and hold my own opinions, I vow to be gentle in communication. 
My faithfulness is yours after God. You are my gift and I will honor you with my mind, my heart, and my body. And ultimately, self-control. In all things, I promise to function in self-control. I vow to be an example of a godly woman to our children, to raise them alongside you, honoring you as the leader of our home. I promise to stand firm on the foundation of faith and to continue to pray for you and with you, to lift our home and our ministry in constant prayer and supplication, to rise with praise on my lips, declaring his goodness and salvation upon our marriage and our children's lives. I vow that I will fight to preserve our testimony. Together from this generation on, our legacy will speak of God's goodness in our lives. I love you. This is um, a testimony unto the Lord. Um, but that right there, it's a testimony to those two beautiful children. And the third one coming. I forgot about that. And... Um, They're going to have so many different people trying to teach them. People are going to live out their lives before them. Teachers, family, friends. And they're going to see from other people what their lives look like. Landon's going to see what a man looks like from other people as well. Your daughter's beautiful, man. Yanni's going to also see what a man looks like from other men. And vice versa, she's going to see what a woman looks like from other women. And he's going to see what women look like from other women. But the most important people in their lives that have to pave the way and show them this is what a woman looks like. This is what a wife looks like. This is what a godly woman looks like. This is what a father looks like. This is what a husband looks like. What a godly man looks like the most important, the one that has the most weight, the one that's going to pave the way for them is you too. So this is a testimony unto the Lord, a testimony for others to see. But I will say the most important people that are watching this right now are those two kids and that child that's about to be born. And may your life as it grows old be a testimony to them that they would say, this is what I long for. So when I find my spouse, amen? So we, we want them to be up here with mom and dad as well. Because this is not just about mom and dad. This is about the family. And what mom and dad do 
is always the direction where the family goes. And you have to lead that. You will direct that. So where dad goes and how he leads is how this family will go and how this family will be led. So you have a huge responsibility. You have a great responsibility. It's a beautiful responsibility. And he's directing, he's leading mom, but he's also leading you. He's also leading Len. And the same way mom is co-led right alongside with him. And she too now comes into this leadership. And together, you guys are leading. And you guys are doing this and paving the way and making ways so that they could follow it. And like we always say here, that they would take it to places that you guys could only dream of. And that they would make you well because you've made it well for them. Amen? Hallelujah. This is a beautiful day today. Beautiful day. You want to say something now? You want to give advice to your dad? <laughs> can you guys stretch out your hands? If you want to stand with me, you can. Amen. Let's stretch out your hands. If you're watching online, can you stretch out your hands right there? And just, you guys just get together here. Amen. Yeah, that's good. Lord, I thank you, Lord God, for, for this beautiful day that you've given us, Lord. So much has been said today. So much has been experienced today. Lord, we've been given ears to hear today and you've spoken to your children today. And Lord, I thank you that we were able as a family just to pause and, and celebrate two of our own or, or really five of our own. And just to honor what you're doing in their lives, Lord, as they commit, continue to commit themselves to you. As this husband and this wife continue to say yes and their yes continues to deepen for each other because their yes has continued to deepen for you. I pray, Lord God, that Lewis's yes unto you, Lord God, would take him to places he could never imagine. That Vanessa's yes towards you, Lord God, would take her to places she could never imagine. And in that place of saying yes, Lord, that their yes for each other would deepen and take their family, Lord God, to those places that they could only dream of. I thank you for their marriage and for their testimony. Lou Rock has been entrusted to lead men, even here as Vanessa has been entrusted to lead women here. And I pray that it's because of their marriage that they will continue to have a strong testimony and a ministry going forward and that you would bless them, Lord God, to lead each other, to serve each other, and together that they would serve your body and to serve and make an impact for the kingdom of God alongside their children. I pray for their future child that you are perfectly forming in Vanessa's womb, that you will continue to put every piece together, every tendon, every muscle, every bone, every, the tissues, everything, Lord, and that he would be made, she would be made, Lord, you know right now, he or she would be made whole, well, 100%, Lord God, to give you all the glory. And that her, Lord God, rest of her pregnancy would go well. And that her labor would go well. And that this child would be covered with the grace of God. That words of prophecy would be spoken over this child. And that he, she would walk over the words that God, you speak over their lives. I pray, Lord God, 
that you would bless this child in the womb, that you would consume in, in the womb, consume them in your womb with your presence, with your mighty hand. Hold this child together. Hold this family together. I pray for Leani. I pray for Landon right now. I pray for your hand over their lives. Holy Spirit, that you will lead them, guide them, that you would protect them daily, each day, Lord, a hedge of protection over them, that they would grow up to be mighty men and a mighty woman of God, and that, Lord God, that you would use them to impact their generation, that you would use them to be a voice amongst voiceless people. Bless them. Give them continue to give them the sweet spirit that they have, Continue to give her the sweet spirit that she has. And in her sweet spirit that she would do great wonders for your name. I pray over her life. Cover her, Lord. Drench her with your oil from heaven. I pray over him, Lord God. The fiery spirit that you've given him, Lord God. Lord, I pray that he would do great things for your kingdom, Lord. Lord God, that when he would walk into the room, demons would tremble. Because the mighty warrior landing has arrived. I pray an anointing over his life. I pray words of power and acts of power. I pray, Lord God, that his faith would move mountains. I pray that his words would heal the sick. I pray, Lord God, that the words you would give him, Lord God, would cast out demons. I pray that the words you would give him would pave the way for a generation to follow. Use them in a mighty way. Use this family. We thank you and cover them in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We say yes, Lord, and amen, and we give you all the glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So good. This is the gospel. This is the gospel li lived out right before our eyes. Amen. Make sure you walk, congratulate them again. It's such an odd thing, but amen. And, and, but it's so pure and it's so real and it's so true. It's, it's something that is needed. So, so love on them. Congratulate them. And um, have a, a restful, awesome rest of a Valentine's Day that, this, that the Lord has given us. I will see all of you tomorrow at 5 a.m. on Zoom. Let's do it. Amen. God bless you guys. You are loved. <laughs>